Welcome back to another episode of the Buddhist Millionaire podcast. Just a quick one. I'd just like to dedicate this actually to the memory of Will Wells. Um, Will lost his life this week. Rest in peace, fella. Uh, you're way too young to go, but good luck with the rest of your journey. Okay, what have I been up to this week? Well, I tell you, with the Olympics on everyone's mind, I have been doing something that my guests today might be quite impressed with. <laughs> I doubt it, actually. I've been working on my handstands. So let me just... <laughs> yeah, there they are in the back. I'll introduce them in a minute. But I'll tell you about my handstands, right? I have... I've got the kind of... I'm pretty consistently holding it for 15 seconds or more. Fine. That's with that little kicky-uppy thing. And now I'm starting with my hands on the floor, trying to lift up like they do on the floor in the Olympics. Man alive. <laughs> I've, I think I've, that's not happening, but, but I'll keep at it. I'll keep at it. And maybe I'll steal from, steal some tips from these guys. Um, I've got, oh, we better do the housekeeping. I'll do that first. So, you know, everyone, you know, this, this uh, podcast is powered by coffee and very little else. Uh, so if you feel you want to buy me a coffee, you can do so on my buy me a coffee page. It's somewhere in the link. If you care enough, you will find that link also to our podcast partners friends the platform for podcasters who want to reach everyone all right come on let's get on with the work i have a first on the buddhist millionaire podcast today because we've got a couple on so excited they're a they're a fascinating couple actually um sherry introduced me to them as as you know she's sort of become my unofficial scout for buddhist millionaires so she introduced me to these guys um they're very very interesting and i love this from their instagram page it says the biggest adventure you can take is to live the life of your dreams you know when i read that they're coming on the podcast right? i mean that's a buddhist millionaire sentiment all over so we track them down they're in bali i'll tell you about that in a bit um so i'd like to welcome please monya and wade the nomad couple hey you guys hello hello hello, hello how are you i am very very well now first of all i'm picking up a difference in accent monia where are you from i'm from poland oh, my book agent's from poland <laughs> small world yeah. small world i mean i'm not going <laughs> to ask you if you know her that's like saying that's like going to wales and asking <laughs> if you know you know, Bob. but yeah, anyway, that, that was, that's the link to Poland I had. And actually we just, we just secured a deal for a Polish translation of my book. So I can't wait. Oh, wow. That's massive. Amazing. That's really cool. Well, now we'll tell your parents we were on this podcast and maybe they'll re read the book. I, I, I really am keen to read a book in Polish language. Yes. You know, it's, 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 <laughs> it's different, isn't it? Actually, when you read a book, translated you read a book not in your native language it is a different experience that's i have a lot of like my best friend is italian and he and he said it's, it's very different very different reading in a, in a kind of native and then foreign language so you actually generally read in polish right bukowski is something you like to read actually yes uh, because for so many years i'm already abroad and it's just easier to buy a book in english so mm. i i'm completely forgot and Actually, first I started forcing myself to read in my own language because I start seeing uh, trouble with my Polish language grammar. Which is oh, really, really, you've got that. I mean, I, I'm very envious. I struggle even to master my own language, let alone struggle with someone else's language. So, so that's a very impressive, very impressive. Wade, where you're uh, South Africa? I'm guessing I'm picking that up somewhere. I'm South African, and actually, the smallest of smallest worlds. Go on. You're Scout slash 
fiance slash partner. Not sure what you guys all, all of them, as. all of those things. And yeah, hundred percent. Sherry was my teacher in I think it was grade four or three or four or something like that. How what what sort of age is that? How old are you? Oh. What's, what's I want to say not in a diaper anymore. I want to say like <laughs> yeah. ten. I want to say okay, like no, around. No. Oh, she 10. was your teacher. Wow, look at that. Who? And how old are you now? Then now I'm 28. No, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 30. <laughs> he's taking years off. He's reached that point where he's already taking years off, isn't he, Manu? He's, he's... <laughs> Story, it's a whole other story. Maybe we'll get to it. Sherry, until so this year, or was it last year? We were arranging my 50th until we turned out it's not my 50th at all. I'm 48. I've got another two. <laughs> I don't know. My, well, my, my life, my everything, every experience through my life, Sherry will tell you this is basically seven years ago. I did this. How many? I, all of my things fit into seven years ago. It can't be true, but that's just how I remember. It's always seven years. It's seven years. Well, well, you know what? This is so similar to what happened to me is when I met Monia, she asked me how old I was. And I was like, oh, yeah. I think at the time I was like, yeah, I'm 27 or something. And then like a few months later, she did the math. She was like, wait, what? You're born in 91. You're not that old. That's like, us. That's what we do. Younger. Yeah. And that's so, yeah, like, that just happened right now. I was like, the only time I remember people asking me how old I was was when I was 28. And like, now I'm 30. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, age doesn't matter. Yeah, no, no, I hear you. Man. No. Listen, if you don't know, and just to remind listeners, uh, if they are either joining for the first time, if they bump their head and they've completely forgotten what I've been saying for at least eight years, or for you guys, the concept of Buddhist millionaireship, right? <laughs> it's a spectrum. At one end is the broke creative Yes, darling, I'm doing great work and earning nothing. At the other end is the, the rich banker who's killing everyone, stamping on puppies, killing, you know, all that sort of stuff, cliches. And then in the middle is someone who is doing some, you know, who's loving what they do, but also making it pay. So you guys are doing just that. And I just want to read this. I love this, actually, from your YouTube description. It says here, a couple on the hunt for adventure. We quit our big time jobs in Dubai and set off on a new path to find the next country to call home. We decided to take the scenic route and build a community while we were at it. I like that bit. I'm going to read that again. We decided to take the scenic route and build a community while we were at it. That's good. After 10 months on the road, we finally made it to Bali. I think that's where you are now. Now the adventure of setting up a new life starts. We need to get a house, start a company, get a dog, done the dogs, and everything in between. Come along with us. That's a great description. Great description. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Good you. Um, I actually job. don't even remember writing that, but I really love it now that I listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys, tell us what you're doing. Tell us what it's amazing. Tell us what you're up to so everyone knows who you are, what you're up to. You go, you go for it, Monia, because it was Monia's dream child that, that we are living. Monia got me oh. out of my shell. Monia, Monia shook the boat, you know. Oh, that's was, a really interesting story. Not that I didn't expect that, but that is true of my life, right? That it's, it's our girls who basically wake us, you know, sorry, useless blokes up, right? We need a good shape. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I hear you. Yeah. Monia, yeah, let's yeah. go. What, what, give us your dream. So I think it happened first time like around 11 or 12 years ago, 12 years ago when I realized that I don't want to live anymore in Poland. I don't want to do job which I used to do and I want to step out of my comfort zone. I I was already uh, 
teaching pole dance and I really found it a huge love to, to do it and to teach and, uh, and hobby. So I was like, why not to make this teaching pole dancing, which was something very like, was still a taboo when I started doing this back home. Uh, why not to make it as my serious job? So of course, there was a first step uh, trying to do something which all people would say it will never happen, it will never be successful. So yeah. I tried, this happened, uh, I worked it out, then I left to Dubai. And in Dubai, after a couple of years, I came back to nine to five job because actually nine to two I am kind of job. <laughs> it's, it's the Middle East, right? There's no nine to five in the Middle East. It's the middle, it's, it's, no it's, nine it's the five. nine until they tell you you've, you've earned their money. That's that's what we're that's what because we're living in Amman at the moment. That's what we're. Okay. Well, I'm not because I work for myself. But that's what we're finding at the moment. If you're an employee, yeah. bam, you're you're working whatever hours they set, right? One hundred percent. So I kind of you know I got the some would say a dream job where I was working on the big project and the big project was about opening an area studio for one of the biggest uh, gyms and most most fancy gyms in Dubai, okay. which I cannot uh, tell. It was an experience and a half, amazing. And I grew really a lot and I got to, I explored and I became more and more knowledgeable for sure. Um, when you say aerial gym, is that one of the ones where you've got the, um, the, like the cloth and you're hanging and you're spinning from the, like in Cirque du Soleil, and they let themselves go and stop themselves just before they hit the floor. Is that right? Exactly. Oh, I love exactly. that. I would love so, to be able to do that. There would definitely be a death, though, if I was in that class. Mine, probably. <laughs> it's pretty safe. Pretty safe. Actually, I think the Ariel uh, fabric, which is uh, hammock or silk, is pretty, pretty uh, safe. Okay. If you have a good future. So... Anyway, the corona strikes after two years, me working six days a week, 14 hours a day, the corona strikes and all of a sudden I got to sit at home and I realized that it's been first time after at least two and a half years when I'm actually doing something more at home than only sleeping five hours just to go back to yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it kind of, I cannot tell you, but I think it was a period of two weeks when I got this Again, it's not the first time this gut feeling, Matt, like I couldn't resist. It was like, or you're going to do it or you can't literally, you, your soul going to die. So wait yeah, came yeah, over yeah, yeah. and I'm like, wait, like I have to leave Dubai. Like I cannot. And by the way, meantime, uh, I started teaching my students online because we still had to pay bills. Sure, but absolutely. They stopped paying. They stopped paying, you know, so yeah. we didn't get any any salary during the COVID uh, when it was a lockdown, hmm. but we had to still pay bills. So I was like, you know, let me try. And I started teaching online and it got really like, it worked out again. So yeah. I started working a little bit more, improving weight, uh, helped me to arrange in my little studio apartment, yeah. whole pole studio. We bought the pole, we installed the pole. He arranged everything, moved my furniture, helped me a lot, you know, and, after when this started working better and better, and actually I figured out that I'm earning bigger money now that I support when I sure I was I used to earn in my company. Yeah. I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. And I got this feeling, as I said, like the gut feeling, like you have to leave now, like right now, because I realized that I didn't kind of leave before and I didn't I didn't have any idea for my future, you know? Yeah, yeah. I was abusing myself in terms of uh, 
energy. I was just sure. working, 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 but I didn't know where, where am I going? I really yeah. didn't know. Can so, I just ask you about that intuition? Sorry to stop you there, because that's such a big part of what I call Buddhist millionaireship, right? Following your dream, making it pay, etc. You said you've used that intuition before that isn't the first time it smacked you in the teeth and you just because I, I know I completely get that. How for those who don't has that always come to you? Can we develop intuition? Can we open ourselves? What what are your thoughts on that? It it used to come to me before, but because I wasn't that open up and I didn't do inner work before. I ignored a couple of times this gut feeling. And unfortunately, this was always working against me. Uh So instead of listening to the gut feeling, I was ignoring it because obviously you have the society pressure, you have family, you have friends who are telling you or family is not going to happen. Stop dreaming. Life is not like this. You know, exactly. So I ignored it many, many times (laughs) and I was only becoming, I was becoming like more and more sour and unhappy and kind of, I was like, in my head, I was always asking, I was asking my, myself question. This is like, this is what life is about. Seriously, mm. it's mm. so sad. Like, I don't want to live this kind of life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I have really something in my mind and in my heart, like, I want to do different things and I vision my life differently, but holy shit, is it really, it yeah. will look like this, this gray? And black, not really, you know, I didn't see any vibey colors there. So every single time I shut it down, I was by universe kind of bitten up more, you know, Mm. but when I start actually, and this, I have to say big thanks for weight. And I think was again, the kind of intuition, because when I met weight, I was Mm. like, oh my God, I don't know what is about this guy, but I felt like he's my guide. Okay. And he was my guide for me to start the spiritual journey, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I do know. And this opened me up more. And from that moment, like, there was no way. Wherever I feel and I hear from my inner me, I'm following this. Yeah. Doesn't matter what people say. Doesn't matter how many times I'm going to hear that you're going to fail. It's not going to work out. I know for a fact that I have to follow my guts, of course, dreams won't happen if you not won't put a lot of work in it. But yeah, sure. you believe in it, and you're gonna work out, work very hard towards your dreams. I don't see a chance it's not gonna happen. Yeah, that's interesting, Anya. That's very interesting. And uh, um, that just wait. Speak to me a little bit. It's really weird. As I was waiting for you to come on, I saw I saw a tweet that asked. Do you guys, I don't know who it was actually, but do you guys believe in soulmates actually? And I was like, oh, and I was just thinking about that. So as a sort of, cause I do believe people. So just to give you guys a background, the Buddha, how to be a Buddhist millionaire came out of um, a pilgrimage I did to Japan. So I read Paolo Coelho's first book, which is called the pilgrimage. It's not the alchemist. And then I was like, I want to do that. Monia, I was the same as you. I had, uh, well, in that I was wondering, is there more to life now? I, that sounds terrible because I had two young children that uh, well, they're older now, but two, my children were young. So I wasn't saying that I wasn't happy with that, but it was still in my head. Is this all there is? Anyway, I went on this pilgrimage to Japan, blah, blah, and kind of came back with sort of nine spiritual laws, if you like, right? They're not my laws. 
they're not mine. I didn't discover them. They've always been there through time. I just happened to frame them in my head. That became my first book. Okay, so we come back. And then I, then I think, right, I've got all these spiritual things. I'm living my life, but I've arrived and there are still bills on the carpet. So mm-hmm. can I take these kind of spiritual laws, following my intuition, having a guide, et cetera, et cetera, and pay the bills, which is then the kind of Buddhist millionaire project comes. Yeah. yeah. My point, I do very much believe in guides and people helping. So wait, tell us about your kind of role in how you sort of facilitated the whole thing. Um, look, I think from Monya's perspective, she saw me as a guide. I didn't see myself as a guide at all. Right. I just have always been kind of open to the idea of spiritual possibilities, miracles. Not, 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 I don't want to say miracles no, because no, like a miracle is something out of the thin air, but I've always been quite mindful um, and quite open to the possibility of, you know, my life is going to be different. Um, And so I, when I was quite young, I got into meditation through a friend who like, I had this friend who used to like speak to his plants and keep crystals and things. And I remember being like, bro, that is crazy. Like, (laughs) I'm sorry, but I can't, I just can't vibe with you on this level. I don't get it. And he just looked at me and it was, it was a very big turning point for me because he didn't try to fight me. He didn't try to argue with me. He just said, bro, it's fine. Like one day you'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And that's how he answered the question or my oh. statement. And I was just, I was really moved by that because it was like, this isn't a belief. It's an understanding. Yeah. 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 That's a great line. Uh, that's a, I like that. You're right. It's, it's not a belief. It's an understanding. That's a very good point. That's it. And so only when you only when you understand will you understand. And it's not like uh, this is a religion that you must believe in it for it to come to fruition. This is just, man, this is how you should live your life. This is how your mindset should carry you through each day. And although I've seriously failed in, in that mindset many times in my journey, as we all do, yeah. we can succeed one day and fail the next four. You know, you can even do the wrong thing knowing what's right sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I was just always more uh, vocal about the things that I believed in or about energies. For example, I was always very vocal about energies. Monia has always joked or spoken about, you know, I don't know, your one thing is cancer or I'm going to die young. She's, she's like, I'm going to die young or something. I always just say to her, don't, don't even, why are we even talking about it? You know, because I just have that sort of belief of, what you put out will come back. And it's, mm-hmm. it's this, I'm not a religious person, never been forced into any religion. And so I don't believe that I follow any religions, but I love the idea of karma. And I have been very fortunate to be a person that is able to listen to my intuition. Mm-hmm. I'm an intuitive person. And to come back to your question where you asked, do you think anyone can learn to listen to their tuition, intuition? I would love to know your take on that because I believe that it is something you are either born with or not. I don't, how do you teach someone to listen to an intuition where if you're not an intuitive person, there's nothing speaking? Yeah, man. That's a good point. You're making me work on my own podcast. <laughs> but that's a, I mean, it's a, Wade, it's a great question, man. And it's something I think of 
a lot. And, and this is my thought of this because because I've I've had it, Monia, like you, I've had it. Uh, I think I'm quite intuitive. <laughs> Some might just call me a, a car wreck. I just get I just do it right, <laughs> which leaves mess everywhere yeah. i usually yeah. i usually dive in make a mess clean it up i've along the way i inadvertently sometimes not inadvertently offend a ton of people but i get it done <laughs> there's a lot of cleaning yeah. afterwards when i get it done but that is essentially about that if i have an idea monia like you said i've i've you know you think of the podcast today tomorrow it started the next day sort of stuff or yesterday it started the next day. i'm kind of that kind of guy my point though i have ignored it as you have but as I've got a bit older, and, and like you, Wade, I've been meditating since I was 17, since my brother, uh, I pulled a knife out to someone who cut me up in a car. My brother looked at me and went, what are you doing? You dick, right? And that, that, that saved me, right? I went to a, a meditation place in Caledonia Road in London, Buddhist place with Sogar Rinpoche, and I've been meditating ever since. But my point, as I've got quieter, my intuition is there. So mm -hmm. I don't think, I personally don't think we have to develop intuition. So people who are listening, we think, oh, I haven't got intuition. No, there's nothing you need to practice. It's there, just like the blue behind the clouds is there. And when you quieten down, it will hit you like it hits Monia, like it hits Wade, like it hits me. So that, that's my answer to that. Does, that. does that make sense? It does. It does make sense. And I, I want to ask you, have you ever heard of human design? I don't think I have. Now, what is it? Do some reading on human design, because this is something that we have stumbled upon quite recently. And like, you know, when you're driving in the traffic and someone says, uh, how many red cars can you see? Suddenly there's like a million red cars on the yeah. road. So like cognitive this is, bias. This, this has been one of those situations where I'd never heard about it. Yeah. We were in Cape Town waiting to fly to Bali. And one of, our, one of my friends from school, uh, not the same school where Sherry worked, but one of my friends from school, just a few years after that, we're still friends today. And he's now a consciousness coach, life coach. Um, and he, he said to us, he said, guys, have you ever heard of human design? Um, and we had no idea. We went back, we did some reading actually throughout quarantine. I read a lot about it. Yeah. And it, it has absolutely blown my mind. It's like, if I could put it to somebody who's never heard of it before, it's like star signs and you know how everybody has like a, a different theory as you know, the Chinese, horoscope, the Chinese horoscopes. Like the and all, yeah. Like yeah. all of them. Uh, also the, the, what is that personality test? Sarah Briggs mm -hmm. personality test. Mm -hmm. It's like all of them. It In explains one. all it, it explains how all of them can become a thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's a, it's a theory that there's four different types of human design. And yeah. it is basically the, the way that your aura, you emit, it's how your energy that you live with should be used and how if you can align yourself to understand how your energy works, for example, a person like myself, I've always felt like there's a part of me that's a bit lazy because I might work, but the strange thing is, that I question myself and say, but I'm not lazy because if I want to do something, I will do it. You know, mm -hmm. it will be done yeah. to the best of my ability. But then after that, I'll be super tired and I'll just be like, I need to take a day off or I can't do, 
you know, 10 days straight of just hardcore nonstop work. And that's why I really admire people who do. Mm. And now in learning this, it's come out that, you know, the type of human design that I am, which is a projector, maybe some of your listeners do know about this. A projector is somebody who my energy comes from my spleen. And so this is a part of the body that doesn't regenerate energy very quickly. Like a person like Monia, her energy comes from a different source. Yeah. And so she has way more life energy to put to different projects. And yeah. so what, what we have been taught growing up is that hard work or you won't make it in life. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, No pain, no gain sort of stuff. No pain, no gain. And, and, and you see this in the writing world. You see this in the writing world. It drives me absolutely insane. I'm bleeding at my computer. It's so hard. If you, choose, <laughs> if, if you choose, it is, right? And that's okay. Yes. That's cool. If you want this yeah. to be a, oh, I'm twisting my soul to get that sentence. Cool. Do what you need to do. But it doesn't have to be. Yes. I don't, I don't, yes. I genuinely don't think it has to be. I think you can sit down and go, I just bloody love this. It's not that hard work. There are people doing real jobs and I really that's love it. it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Exactly. And so there's this, there's this mentality of, I don't want to, I don't think it's my generation. I think it's, my parents' generation and where they came from this world of uh, if you don't work hard, you won't get anything in life. Mm. And so hard work equals discomfort. And so you can't be chilling and comfortable in life because you won't get anywhere. Yeah. And so I personally have, have grown up through my 20s with this mindset and I worked extremely hard and it's got me to the place that I'm at. Mm. However, there were so many moments where I didn't feel like doing something and I pushed myself to do it. And there were times in my life when things weren't going my way. Yeah, 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 yeah. And only now, since I've learned this, have I realized that there is a part of our design, different people have different designs, where actually doing nothing might lead you to where you're supposed to be. Oh, man. I, so I, it's I, the art of letting go is everything. Actually letting it. the, not the universe, whatever it is, the design... I'm, I'm a massive believer. And as I say, the, the older I get, the more silent I get. And not always. I'm on no level of any development. But the occasional times I'm quiet and not being an absolute dick, then, then things fall into, fall into place. I agree with you. But it's letting a process yeah. that we can't really, we can't control, right? I, I wrote an article called yeah. holding, your thing, holding the World Up With Your Fingertips. That's what we try and do with what we talk. We're trying to manage everything. You can't. You can't yeah. just let the yeah. world do what it's doing. I agree with you. I agree. That's interesting. Exactly. And to circle all the way back, sorry for going off track. No, no, not at all. Circle all the way back to the intuition point. There's actually certain designs which are not intuitive. And that's not to say that they have one less tool in the or weapon in the arsenal, but they have something else, perhaps a more... Uh, sustainable energy to to fight through tasks and to get things done. A perfect example of our life coach, which he used as he said, something which he'd been struggling with for so many years was, you know, what is he doing with his life? Mm. And it came to the point where he was pushing, pushing, pushing so hard. And it came out that his style of design, which there's so many and there's so many different charts, but you'll, you can figure it out in your own reading. His style of design was not good for carrying out projects. So a person like Monia, quite literally, is a, she's a generator. She is a person who can come up with great ideas. And I am a person who solves the yeah, problem. Like a good finisher. So one brings like you to the start finisher. line, the other one gets you through the end. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And this is in hindsight. This is like, I'm not sitting here now saying that we knew this all the time. Sure. Yeah, of course. 
this, whether it's a, whether it's truth, <laughs> whether it's truth or whether it's just another one of these phony things, it's, it's crazy how much, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty crazy, you know, how but, much but is, the ultimate is, way, is, but you're right though, whether it's truth or whether it's another one of those phony things you say, the ultimate way is to test it. That's why I started the Buddhist millionaire project. I had these great kind of, you know, spiritual laws in inverted commas, right? Yeah. Fine. That's cool. Let's see if it works when we come down off the mountain, when you, when you well, come out of the temple, when you come back home, when the bills are still there. Do these yeah. principles work in the hard and fast lanes? And that's what, yeah. that's what the BM project is, has all been about. And, um, yeah. And then, and then it's, it's not enough to see it in my life. It's not enough to see it in my guests' lives. It's then, okay, can we see it in our listeners' lives and the listeners' listeners' lives? Because now we've got something that you can touch and go, oh, okay, yeah, that works. The paracetamol works for every headache. You know, it's, it's that kind of stuff. Yeah. Interesting, man. Wow. So you guys then, you've been... I, I love your YouTube channel. Two, two things I want to touch upon. Where should I go first? Instagram first. Um, because you... I mean, you're, you're a beautiful couple, right? You're a young, beautiful couple. I just want to talk about the art on your Instagram stuff because it's very cool stuff. The lines, there's a color to your photos on there, which, which I like. It's sort of a kind of, uh, I'm not going to describe it because it's got a kind of brownie, rustic-y sort of edge. I really like it. But the lines as well. I'm a massive fan. I did quite a bit of work with Ido Portal. So I'm a massive fan of the whole movement culture stuff, all that. And you show off those lines because my point, I do believe that the body is another expression of the source, God, human design. I don't know, whatever term we want to put on it. So just tell me a little bit about the artistic flair you guys are bringing to, to that side of it. Um, to be honest with you, I think we are both physical, like we, we enjoy movement generally. Mm. Either somebody I was extremely uh, inspired by. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. It's the beginning of my journey. And uh, it's something that, firstly, it, our bodies move. We're very fortunate to be fit and healthy and to be able to get into some of these poses. And so that's something that we really enjoy. And the other thing is that... You know, it's funny you say now that you like it and the lines and everything, because when we started out, uh, firstly, none of us had, we none, neither of us had any idea how Instagram worked or I had never used a camera. Yeah. And so you know, we didn't know much. And so we were very caught in the box of how it works and what people are doing. And, you know, there came a time when we were just a bit tired of seeing all this like fake nonsense yeah, uh, people just looking extremely happy in places that are so beautiful, <laughs> and it just creates this like, uh, it just created for us. It created this like unattainable level of mm. of Instagram. Really, like we yeah. tried very hard. I don't want to try and become, you know, like a preacher here, but we really tried to follow. We absolutely tried to follow. It was one of our biggest trends. errors in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And then it came down to, we we're like, wait, what do we love doing? We love yes. movement. We love fitness. This is what Monia's business is, is fitness and yeah. flexibility and dance. Yeah. Um, and and so dance is lines, right? Dance is lines. I mean, we have some good friends who are ballerinas and it's all, the lines are it's, amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. We, we just decided at one point that like, that's who we are. Nice. And let's just be that, you know? Um, and so, 
yeah, we, we try, we try think, and keep that. I think we just got to the point that we sat together because, you know, we left everything we knew leaving Dubai. Mm. We left nine to five. So it means as well that we left uh, a monthly income, uh, security, a mm. million things, which you, uh, comfort, whatever. And we head to Brazil and all of a sudden you are trying so hard to make everything happen. And we got caught up that we stopped being ourselves. So we are not anymore wait on Mo and Monia who were being passionate in Dubai about movement. And na, 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 na. we were caught up in trying to follow trends of Instagram where people always having beautiful makeup and they are making their the body smaller or bigger. And, 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 and all of a sudden we sat together and remember we started having a little, um, like, uh, harder conversation between each other and yeah. a little bit like argue, argue, arguing with each other. Yeah. Yeah. We just one night we sat together and we're like, just let's relax. If we won't relax and we keep pushing and making us not being us anymore, it's not going to work out anyway. So let's yeah, just relax. Really, I had I actually had this down as a question actually. But I'm, I'm it's really yeah. interesting you brought this up because as we are we're all kind of you describe in your Instagram as digital creators, right? I love that term. I'm stealing it. I'm now a digital creator because I'd never thought of that term. <laughs> and you <laughs> are. I am. You I'm are. now a digital creator. Why? Because they said they are, and I I am doing that. And <laughs> but, but joking aside, what I realized is that. There is a thin line, isn't there, for us all, you know, between uh, inspiration and intimidation, isn't there? Totally. And I, totally. I think about this a lot because sometimes I, I caught myself the other day on the cast going, shit, man, listen, I'm not trying to tell you my life's great and this is how you live a Buddhist millionaire. Mm -hmm. I just had to check that thinking this is not a template you should be doing. All I'm trying to do is... Uh, introduce you to people, for example, who are doing it so that you can feel it's possible if you want to. And I learned this lesson, the danger of media years ago. I'm going to tell this story because, it, because it's, it's a lot on my mind. My daughter's 25, for example, and, you know, she had an eating disorder at one point. And, you know, so I, so I get it, right? I get the whole thing. Yeah. So I, um, I used to be Princess Diana's tennis coach, right? And she came back from, she was in Africa. She was doing... She was doing Thanks. stuff with landmines, okay? And she came back one time and, hi Matt, how are you doing? And we go to the tennis courts and we're just chit-chatting like we, like you you guys and me are here. How was your week? Blah, blah. And she, she tells me this story. Oh, I, I was, I can't remember where they were. I'm going to say Rwanda. It wasn't Rwanda, but I just need a name, right? Yep. In Rwanda. Yep. And I, I went to an orphanage and there was this beautiful little kid. I was holding this baby, this African baby, and this irritating um, journalist kept shoving the mic so close it almost um, touched the baby's face, right? She said he was a real idiot. So that's, just a, that's a conversation, right? She's telling me yeah. how her work week has gone. We go and play tennis, blah, blah. Fine, fine, just a fine. Later that night, I see on the news exactly that. I see that exactly that. Want. I see it on the news in a screen of our television, yeah. right? And I see Diana holding the baby, journalist coming in and she knocking the screen knocking the uh, the mic away and not i mean we're not talking she's picked it up and slammed it which she's she's yeah. brushed it away right and the hoo-ha from the press and the and the the, the 
you know, the, the punchlines and the, and the headlines about her losing the plot. It's just, and I was like, I know this story. She wasn't losing the plot. She was just irritated with this journalist. So it's just a normal thing. And I realized then and there, as soon as we put something in a, as digital creators in a screen, it is dangerous, potentially dangerous, and we have a real responsibility. Do you, I mean, you, you've had that conversation and that, yeah, that, that hit home and it's always in my mind, that is. Completely. And you know, you know what else? On the same topic, something which a lot of the older generation, I'm speaking my parents. Yeah. We were just visiting my dad. People don't understand. Like they think when they type something into Google, it gives you facts but it brings up blogs and somebody's blog is not fact. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you might get some blogs which are brilliant and very factual, but you get like 90% of them, which are absolute BS. Yeah, absolutely. It's just somebody's opinion. Yeah. And so when you type something into Google, like what's the best hotel in Bali, stupid example, it's going to come up with a blog of somebody who stayed in one place and that'll be the best. And you think because it came up on Google, it's the best. But yeah. no, it just had the best SEO score and it had the most words that you searched and it came up. And so exactly what you're saying, like we saw it on the internet, it's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's true, man. I mean, whole, whole political campaigns, I mean, I don't want to get too far down the political route, but whole political campaigns are moving down that route. of, And, and we know now with algorithms that you're seeing sections of what you've already seen so on yes, facebook like, you're seeing your 25 favorite people who yeah who you may have pressed on so you're not seeing a grand reality and it's the grand reality you i believe you need to live life to the full don't you yeah completely completely hundred i like that so so yeah deciding to be authentic and meeting together and talking about that's that's such yeah. an important conversation to come back to that because Monia touched on it and that was something for your listeners. If somebody out there is thinking of taking a risk uh, to, to maybe follow their creative passion and like you forget about the bills just for a second or for a week or for 10 days, mm. it, it's, it's, we are, we are very drawn or driven by the, the act of doing because we feel that we need to solve the problem of not having money right now. So we will go out with this pure intention of getting something done or getting it done, or especially this is especially uh, not a good path to take as a, for a creator because creativity is not something you can just muster up at, at the click of a finger. Mm. Um, it's something that is inspired. It's something that must come to you. And so something which I'm actually currently working on with this, uh, with my life coach is to be and through the art of being what you want to become or what you want to create, it will manifest itself. And I know that that is a very, very scary mindset to adopt, uh, for somebody who's got bills sure. still lying on the, on the mat. And I understand it's very, very difficult to adopt. However, it is certainly something that should be in the back of your mind yeah, yeah. Uh, to be instead of doing. Yeah. Because well, you can, actually, that, that's interesting because nowhere do I feel that more 
than when I'm in the middle of fighting, right? So Monia, you as a dancer, and you both as athletes, right? But Monia, you as a dancer, do you find that when you're really hanging on the pole, doing whatever work you do, is there a point where you lose yourself and you touch that kind of, I'll call it God space. I, I don't know what else to call it. And this is, that's, that's why I made my passion, my, my job and my living, because this is the most beautiful experience and, and thing to do on a daily basis. I can, I, right now I'm waiting for my new, newest pole. I cannot live without it. Like if you tell me, okay, but you still teach mobility, (laughs) mobility, flexibility, you still have your clients, but I don't have my pole. I feel like I'm dying from inside. It helped me to go through so many issues in my life, to be very honest. Like when I was, when I had moments down or I had fight, let's say with my ex-partner, the only thing which was healing me from inside and outside, it was going and doing my training on the pole because apparently as well, which I didn't know before, which I'm learning right now, with our consciousness coach that aggression or anger or anger aggression, which is caused by anger, which can be caused by the fight with your partner or with a person on the street, whatever anger doesn't have to has a negative meaning. No, it's that what you're going to do with this anger. So what I was always all my life doing with my anger, I was putting my anger in the dance and I was releasing it into creation of new choreography. And I didn't know before because I didn't have the knowledge which I have right now, but this helped me to go through so much. And that's why I always felt so relieved after I was like, Oh my God, I came to the studio. So crying, yeah. angry, yeah. sad. And all of a sudden I start dancing. I play the music. I start moving my body and I absolutely, I got lost in the beauty of, of creation, you know? Yeah, and yeah. after a train, after one hour, two hours of training, I was leaving. I was like, I feel amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like quite transcendent, isn't it? It's yeah. absolutely transcendent. No. And, and the second thing is, I know what I'm sharing for a fact. I'm working mostly with, with other girls, ladies. We all have our discomforts in life. We all have our um, moments uh, with, when energy is higher or lower. We are all going through menstruation cycle and we know about our ups and downs and cramps and cellulite. And I just love to show them that they are all beautiful and they are all strong and they are all fucking amazing and they yeah. can all do it because it's been right now 12 years I'm teaching Paul and I met hundreds or maybe thousands of girls who were with me on this journey and to see how they, what kind of word I can Flourish. use? Flourish. It's very from, empowering, isn't it? It's very empowering. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And you know, Back in the day, I didn't know what's happening, but I'm doing things from love. And that's how I was giving other people love. And that's how I shared, you know? Yeah. And this was coming back to me. And this was my, my motor, my engine for more, for more, for more, for more. Beautiful. I, I just cannot live without it, you know? This, this is what it is. Like, 
I, I truly believe, and this is my all the time my statement that if you if your work is your passion and is your love, you're gonna do it hundred percent, hundred fifty percent. You're not gonna leave the space for ah today I ah, maybe seventy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, as yeah. Well, all of us we need break, but if you take a break, take a break and do break 100%. Mm. Don't go, to, especially when you're working with other people, don't go to other people if you're a doctor, nurse, a personal trainer, a life coach, whoever you are, if you're working with people, if you are going there to help them, give them 100 of your energy. Don't mm. give them half. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is really yeah, important. No, for absolutely. You, no? I couldn't agree more. I, I had, uh, I have a bit of experience with uh, pole work because Sherry's, I don't know if you know this, right? Uh, no, no, you, she would have been too young, but Sherry's cousin, Brooke, um, does the pole dancing. And we went to watch the world championships. It was in Crystal Palace. So there's a sport of it as well, right? Yeah, I, have yeah. no, I have never seen anything like it in my entire life. I watched some of the best women and guys, actually. They had guys there as well in the world doing this stuff. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The control of their body is oh, uh, unbelievable. Monia on the pole, the way that she can control her body weight is so inspiring. It's incredible. They make it look so easy yeah. that you don't you don't even know how difficult it is until you go and try and just like touch the pole. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't know. I, I have to admit, before Brooke, before that whole scene, I had no idea pole dancing was anything more than a CD. I, I didn't know that. I, I have to put my hands up. I had no idea, yeah. right? Then common. I touched upon this and I was like, that is as beautiful uh, a dance art as ballet, jazz, tap. Um, it's just a, just it's it's amazing, absolutely extraordinary, yeah. really cool stuff. That's it. And you know what? Something which I was, uh, what's the word, not aware of with the sport as well, is yeah. that I was under the impression that pole dancers were wearing basically nothing the whole time because yeah. it was sexual or yeah. strippers or yeah. Yeah. and then i've learned from monya that it is because of the grip of your skin so if pole dancers are wearing leggings or a long top yeah, yeah. I mean, they would just slide off the pole yeah, yeah, yeah and that was something which i was like oh my gosh that's yeah. just blowing my yeah. what's the word like my assumptions out of the water yeah it's incredible know? how many we bring to the table these assumptions right and not not meaning to but just because you don't know what you don't know do you you, you see a little <laughs> bit on, you see a little bit on tv right there's always you know if they're trying to do a cd shot they're always going to put in the pole dancer and so by definition you pick up well, that director's is. view and then someone shows you another world and you're like well, that could be darcy bushel that's 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 the, you know what I mean? That's, that's art at its highest. It's incredible. And if exactly. I can mention something here, because it's very interesting, but the whole history of uh, how the pole dance actually start, hmm. uh, was the always made sport. It's coming from China and India. It's, it was never a female dance. It's coming as a, as a, in India. Like the Shaolin things, like the, the Shaolin climbing the, um, climbing the sticks. Yes. And in China oh. as well, it was always a main sport. Then they started using a main pole in the circles. Okay. I don't know which year exactly. As a performance pole for women. And from there, they put this to the strip clubs and whatsoever. So 
the, the whole, uh, the beginning of pole dance, it's not really, it was always it's acrobatic. It was for men. Then obviously, because uh, female is a, it's a very attractive uh, yeah, shape. It certainly can be very body. sensual. There's no doubt about that. It's a very sensual art if you choose for that as well, for sure. No, but, but all dance can be, right? 100%. I mean, 100%. You, guys, you guys are in Brazil. You've seen some sexy dancing out there, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They love their funk music out there. And little, little bikinis and big everything. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's going to be a soundbite. Little bikinis and big everything. <laughs> yes. Now you know it. I, I cannot, I have to admit, like, I was in love. Like, I, me as a woman, I love, and because of what I'm doing, I appreciate and I admire. And for me, it was like a candy in my eyes, you know, yeah, everything yeah, yeah. so carefree, so randy. And honestly, what I love the most about people there, they don't really care. Yeah. Like I see so many, like for me as an Eastern European, I see a lot of women from my part of the world. They are always trying to hide their cellulite and yeah. hide. When cover, the cover, cover, cover. Yeah. Cover, cover. They don't give a one. <laughs> they just live, they want little bikinis and they want the beer on the beach. They will dance, they will laugh, and it's beautiful. It's energy. a good culture, really. Have you ever been to Brazil? I'm sure you now must Here's have. the thing, right? I've been, um, which is why I appreciate them. I come from a very strict Japanese martial arts background, right? So, you know, bow this, don't speak to all that stuff. Until <laughs> 10 years, all that nonsense. And then um, to caveat that, just before I offend anyone in Japan. That isn't to diss the Japanese. It's to diss the Westerners who translate the Japanese. Because I've been and fought in Japan and it's nothing like that. The Japanese are fantastic. <laughs> it's all the ones over here that go, oh, we, need to, we need to do it like, no, we don't. Just shush. Anyway, that's, another that's another story. But uh, so, so I've always been around that. But about 10 years ago, when I started doing kind of mixed martial arts, I started grappling at uh, Roger Gracie's place. So I've been involved now at that for years. And the change in culture was unbelievable. And that's, that's just here in the UK. Well, I'm not in the UK, but now that was in the UK. But I haven't yet been, although actually at the start of the year, How to Be a Buddhist Millionaire just came out in Brazil. So I'm really looking, once COVID completely settles and travel settles, I'm looking forward to the book tour there. So yeah, I cannot wait. Cannot wait. It was it It was. Uh, like even speaking yeah. about now, I have goosebumps. Same. I've seen some of your stuff on YouTube. It's cool. It's very cool. And like, you know what? Also, we had just started our YouTube journey when we were in Brazil. We knew yeah. nothing about anything. Nothing. Like we could barely use a camera, man. So like our videos don't even really capture how amazing the place was because there is a energy in the land. Yeah. There, yeah. That is the only way I can put it because we hopped from there to Peru and it was not. Oh, the by same. the way, just to interject on that Peru uh, trip, yeah. Monia, that shot, I don't know what they're called. Maybe poncho. It might not be a poncho, but there's an amazing uh, shot of you in the poncho and the colors that run through that. It's my favorite shot on the whole of your sites everywhere. Sorry, Wade, you're not in that one, I don't think. Sorry, man. But, but it, the, the colors on that poncho are stunning. They're incredible. Whoever got was, did you get that way? Did you take that? Yeah, well, it was from our drone, actually, yeah. Oh, that's, that's a very, that's my favorite shot on your whole uh, platform. Sorry, carry on, carry on. <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah, that, that's what we were saying. It's just that, you know, the, 
the, the energy in the land there. The people are always making a fire. They're always drinking. There's always music in the streets. When you walk through the streets, people are vibing. Mm. There's no, it's even when we were there, it was like the, the worst nice. time of life in Brazil. You know, yeah. there were so many, there were second in the world for deaths from COVID. And, yeah, that's right. you know, yeah. it was a great time, but people were living life. Yeah. It was really refreshing and it was such a beautiful culture. It, I would definitely go back to Brazil in a Same. heartbeat. Same. So you and went from Brazil to Peru. Yeah. So we went, so let's, let's go around the world. Dubai. Yeah. Dubai to Brazil. Yeah. Because it was the only place open. Uh, Fair enough. During- Fair enough. So we went, so we went you, to Brazil. Can I, tell you, can I tell you a very quick story about how yes, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu came around, right? Yeah. So yeah. very similar. The Japanese decided, I'm paraphrasing, right? But the Japanese yeah. essentially decided not to be so antisocial. So they went out and Brazil was about the first port that would let them in. So, I mean, there are a few others, but essentially, so the largest Japanese community not in Japan, is that right? I'll just replay that in my head. Yeah, that's right. Is in Brazil. Massive Japanese community. And that's where, so Maeda taught the Gracie clan jiu-jitsu in favors because they were sort of aristocracy as it were. And that's how, because the, the, the Brazilians then went, so basically it's, it's, groundwork judo but the brazilians are cool yeah. they're like oh man i'm gonna rebrand it Boha, i rebrand it <laughs> i've got my own mugs what do you mean jiu-jitsu it's brazilian jiu-jitsu Boha. you know as they do yeah <laughs> as they do as they not? do that, that was one of the like like we said the most amazing thing about brazil and so we went there we went from dubai <clears throat> to brazil yeah. Because it was open. And then our visa was expiring in Brazil. So we flew across to Peru, Peru. because it was a dream for us to go to Peru. Yeah. And Peru's on my in, list. In hindsight, yeah. Th- in hindsight, I wish we'd just stayed in Brazil the whole time. You oh, know, really? it, it, yeah. It, beautiful visually, the nature, the culture, but especially out in the mountains. But Peru is extremely expensive, you know. Huh. Firstly, the currency is is quite strong. So when you when you imagine you're going to a, a South American country, I mean you you've just been in Brazil. You've got Argentina down there. You've got okay. I think Chile they say is also quite expensive. But you've got all these South American countries. You expect it to be a little bit more affordable. Yeah. But Peru was really expensive. Wow. And for us, that's a real surprise. Peru, I have to say, that's a real surprise. It, was, it blew us out the. It, it blew our minds uh, mm. because we were coming from Dubai. And so the currency was one to one with Dubai. Whoa. And you would never, you would never expect that. Okay. Oh. Oman has like, the strongest currency ever. Yeah. So Man's you got to, it's expensive here, man. It's expensive. Yeah. My Marmite, my little tub of Marmite. <laughs> yeah. It's like eight quid. What? What are you doing? Yeah. Today? yeah it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> and so, yeah, we were really, con- we were like surprised with that because, when we got to Peru, you know, even here in Bali, somebody can rip you off, but it's fun because you thousands of times cheaper. Yeah. However, when we got to Peru, every time somebody was ripping you off, you were like, bro, I can't pay that much for a taxi from here to there yeah, because yeah, yeah. I, I know that costs where I'm from. I'm from Dubai. It's the most yeah. expensive city you can live in, yeah. you know, yeah. and I'm paying more here in, and I'm on this tractor, which barely has windows. 
you know, and, and so you kind of, you weighing up, you weighing up all your things and you're going like, okay, this Airbnb, there's no AC, it's kind of like bricked in windows and they want to charge you crazy amounts of yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And so that for us was a big surprise. Uh, when we were out in the mountains uh, in Cusco and in the surrounding areas, it was beautiful because the people still live by the old traditions. Uh, okay. I remember there was a guy who taught us about a way of life called Aini. And to be Aini is when, if you, Matt, live down the road from me and you need help to clear your land, or perhaps it's farming season and you need to harvest all of your crop, I will come and help you. But I won't ask for anything in return because wow. I know that there will come a time later in the year that I need you to come to me. And so everyone helps each other because they know that they, they, they need help at some point. So I help you today so that you will help, help me, me next tomorrow. month. It's beautiful, right? It's just, it's, it, it, you see that in those old, I don't know if that's indigenous there still, but those old cultures. And it's such a fabric of, of kind, necessary living. It's that's selfish it. and selfless at the same time, right? Completely Unfortunately, selfless. if I can say something here, like it doesn't exist in the city. So yeah, in the city, this not. only exists when you're in a very raw environment, sure. in the, up up in the mountains, where there is one shop in the uh, I don't know in Village. fifty kilom yeah. kilometers yeah. Uh, around. The closer to the even little city you are, unfortunately, unfortunately, it was, and we draw across the whole Peru, we were honestly almost everywhere. People were, they, they, they weren't helpful. They weren't nice to us. There was almost every day uh, a try or, or a two or three that someone was trying to rip us off. We were getting different menu cards in the restaurant for, for foreigners because it was different for locals. Yeah, it was yeah, really, yeah. it was difficult. Like we were tired after after one and a half month, we were actually yeah, that, that uh, we're ready actually, to go back. So when we got back to Brazil, we we're like, ah! yeah, because from there we went back to Brazil. Uh, we we loved Brazil so much that we wanted to go back. And I also would just like to say, because for anybody who is listening, perhaps somebody who's been to Peru, or maybe they live in Peru, um, we actually had a local friend there who was amazing. He held us up in his yeah. house for a night or two, and he took us around and he showed us, but. It, the way that we were traveling was different to those people who perhaps went to Peru for 10 days and they were in a hotel and on a tour bus the next day to Machu Picchu and back on the bus. And so you don't see much more than sure. the... You see the tourist you know, routes, right? You see the tourist routes. And so we were living there, you know, uh, we were there for, I think, three months yeah, yeah. Uh, with no, we had no idea when we were going to leave because we were just waiting we were just hopping to wherever would take yeah, us. Yeah. Um, COVID, COVID and so we, you're, what you're doing with your stuff, you're, you know, this is not, um, uh, it's not a tourist thing. You're, you're no, essentially no. on a traveling pilgrimage. I mean, that's, exactly. that's what this is. And, and so there, and I, I think it was the same on the 88. You walk a pilgrimage, you're going to have your absolutely shockingly shit parts of it. Because yes. I think they reference and framework the other parts. You can't have the black without the white up. The, and I, I don't mean that as being punitive. I absolutely don't believe that. But literally, you cannot see color. Uh, you cannot see dark without it being on a contrast of white. So it has to happen, right? It's just natural cause. 
of course. And there were so like, even now, if we look back, the times that were difficult are beautiful because they, they add that, that sure. character to the, yeah. to the journey. Yeah. Um, and so we don't, we welcome it, you know, yeah. especially now. However, the times when we were trying to go to the market to buy food because we're watching how we spend, because, you know, if we're not, if we get ripped off at every corner, this will only last so long. Yes. You know, yes. Yeah. you cannot get ripped off everywhere and you cannot have the mindset of, oh, it's just $1. It's just $1 because by the end of 30 days, a dollar a day for a year, you've spent a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? Man. Absolutely. It's one of those things where it doesn't kill us right now, but it's one of those things that you kind of just, it, it builds on you, you know, and it becomes, we built a bit of a thick skin from our time in Peru. Um, and I don't think it was all the fault of the people. I think it was also the fault of the currency being one-to-one. Mm-hmm. It rarely changes how you enter in social circumstances because here I can walk out and I can buy a bangle on the street and it doesn't matter if he rips me off 50 times. Mm. I'm going to be like, okay, cool. That's fine. But there it was, you know, it, that is one yeah, for one. Of sense. It makes sense. That makes, that makes yeah. sense. Um, so yeah, that was for us. That was like quite a big um, unexpected part of our journey. Yeah. Even though like we have one of the like most beautiful experiences from hikes and totally, totally. and our our whole, I would say our best experience yeah. of the entire year of traveling was there in Peru. Okay, um, interesting. We, so so you've got a real contrast there. So from pure nature, you've got one. From economics, another. So you, so you exactly. got Peru. You're back in Brazil. Back in Brazil, and then from there, South Africa opened up, and so. My dad lives in South Africa, and we thought, amazing, let's go back, stay with my dad. Is he in Durban as well? Is he Durban? No. At the moment, he's in Port Elizabeth. Port Elizabeth, okay. So we went to Port Elizabeth, which was really nice, because if we went back to Durban, Durban's a lot more vast. You need to have a car. Everything's far, and it's a bit bit more crazy than Port Elizabeth, which is this amazing little quiet, it's called the friendly city in South Africa. So that was really nice. Um, And we spent a few months there. And then that's when Bali opened up. And actually, we were planning on doing the next hop because Monia's visa had expired in again, South Africa. <laughs> again, always my, here I am with South African, whose passport is not really good, as you know. But here I am traveling everywhere with me and my visa expires. Yeah. I, and, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. And all the while on this journey, uh, Monia has been working from her laptop and man, it's been great because we've been in small little hotels where Monia's worked in between two single beds, you know, like fitness training. Somebody well, that's that's what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you for the other part of Buddhist millionaireship. Clearly, clearly you are living your passion, clearly. But I was yeah. going to say, how are you, if you didn't mind sharing, how are you, you know, paying for the next step? So, you know, carry on with that. Well, that's it. Monia, Monia does teaching on the fitness training online and she still got all of her clients from dubai nice so that was our main strategy when setting out was okay. you know we want to live here on the islands where a coconut costs half a shoelace but we want to earn dollars nice I like and that. so that was the strategy was to live where it's cheap and earn where it's strong nice. um and you know once once that kind of set in for us it was like, what the hell are we doing? You know, because in Dubai, we were living a very expensive life. 
Yeah. Uh, sure, we were making money, but we were spending money. And so, were you, we were, am we I right? I, I don't know if I, somewhere in my brain says, were you doing something to do with um, selling flats? Is that right? Or have I just made that up? Yeah. Property. Yeah, I was selling. I was selling luxury real estate in Dubai. It, so yeah. I was fortunate enough. I was in a, in a profession that, you know, if you sell a few houses, you sort it for a good couple months. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. And so, especially when COVID had struck, um, I, no one was buying houses. Firstly, you couldn't go out and view. No one wanted to see anybody. Everybody, Dubai is a, is a market which is very, very sensitive to uh, global news yeah. uh, because if people aren't traveling and people aren't getting employed in Dubai, then no one's coming to buy. Yeah. And so it was a very difficult time. And I was at this point in my mind where I was saying, well, I've got X amount of money right now, but if I live here at the, the rates that I was living at, it's only going to last me five or six months. Yeah, yeah. However, if I go and live somewhere where it's cheap, this could last me a, a year or two. Yeah. Um, and so that was another catalyst to us moving uh, and to just make the, make the leap, you know, and now that we're on the road, I have learned a hell of a lot more when it comes to camera equipment and photography and videography and editing. There's some good, the- those videos, I've, I've been watching them and uh, you can <laughs> see them improving. You can see them improving yeah, and the kind of edits and the titles and the music and the sound, you can see them building. But I've, I've got a few friends who are kind of in the film industry and stuff and they're always moaning at me. My, my first thing, there's always the danger of, uh, it, you, he, he said to me, you can, always, you can always tell a beginner two ways. One, the sound is shocking. Two, yeah. they put way too many titles on because I had spinning things and right. <laughs> Yeah. And spun and flashed and he said just give us yeah. a plane <laughs> <laughs> totally I'll, i did the exact same thing yeah. and the other the other point to look out for is transitions Transit, whenever yeah, somebody yeah. Comes, you know, the, the the screen yeah. shoots off <laughs> Whooshing the transition. Yeah. <laughs> all my stuff all my early karate stuff you're dizzy just watching the whizzing transition yeah, <laughs> yeah so and now the point that we're at matt is we are at the point now where we want to automate Monia's business, where right now she spends one hour to work or to make money. Okay. We want to get to a point where Monia can be sleeping and somebody in Japan, for reference of what we've been speaking about in this video, wants to work out, they can log on to her website and they yeah, can yeah. train with Monia. So, yeah, so um, Udemy, and- all those things, Kajabi, yeah. all those platforms. Kajabi is the most expe- expensive of the platforms. I had Kajabi, but it's bloody good, right? Really? Or maybe, hook, yeah, Domestica, hook up with Domestica, see if they will give you a gig as well. But, you, you know, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I looked at this a long time ago for the martial arts. We had a brain development program for children, right? Anyway, pre-COVID, I did not sell one right no one used online stuff at all all my classes were filled all my classes post covid suddenly like look what we're doing now this is pre-covid this is this is quite a a new thing now everyone uses online without thinking this is the time to be teaching people online in my opinion i agree with you exactly exactly and so that's what we're trying to do right now we haven't rushed it. We've been true to, you know, the, the flow. We've been true to the flow of life. And this is something that if your listeners want to take one thing from us and meeting us, 
I would like that one thing to be that, you know, less gets done out of force. So you can't force something into existence. If something is meant to be, and if you're truly passionate about it, and if you approach it in the right energy and the right frame of mind, it will flourish. It will become something. Uh, if you are hasty and you rush out to get something out for the sake of getting it out, because that's another thing in our, in our makeup is that we believe that getting it done is a success. Whereas as an entrepreneur, you'll agree with me. It's not about having it done. It's about whether it makes money at the end of the day. And you can have 50 things done and feel super accomplished, but if they don't make you one cent, then you've wasted your time. And so if you just slow down, let the ideas come to you, which is what we've been doing. And, and it's every day, it's the snowball that builds bigger and bigger and bigger. And if we had started it in Dubai, like we were thinking, we were thinking about starting this back in Dubai, man, our videos would be terrible. We'd probably have transitions sweeping off the side of the screen. And, you know, it would have been like that. And so we started small with a YouTube channel to learn how to edit. And we started small with the Instagram. And now we're at the point where I think we really have a better grasp of the whole thing. Yeah. And who knows what's to come, you know? And especially right now we are finally having our own house. So we are in controlled environment. We pick the house based on, on our working requirements. So okay. wait. He's setting up his own studio in one bedroom. I have the other bedroom where I'm setting up my studio, my pole studio. Yeah, I ordered yeah, yeah. all the mirrors are coming, his desk. And, you know, we are really making our house as a controlled environment because for us traveling, we never could find the perfect spot to yeah, film. The sound... Truck driving past. Echo, <laughs> the road, we rented the studio, the road is too too close, someone closed the door too hard, the whole video is, uh, we cannot use it, uh, because we tried, we tried, and we filmed a lot, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah we filmed 100 programs Those already. videos, those videos uh, are not, are good, yeah. but... Like looking back, because we recorded this in Brazil on as well, old camera. Now we improved the equipment. Yeah. We already have different ideas towards how to film it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but you can't like get we... to Z, though. What I have realized, you cannot get to Z without going through the other letters. You see this in writing. You see this in writing. People, I, I have a few friends, right? You know who yeah. you are. I have a few friends who, who, <laughs> who keep telling me that they're going to get stuff done, but they're waiting for it to be good enough. And I said, you have to write the book that won't sell. You have to write the stuff yeah. that you look back on and cringe because that's exactly. not a mistake. That's a development. Yeah. Errors, errors are standing on your head when you should be writing. A development is just, yeah. of course, it's not going to be any good. But you get from A to Z through B, C, D, E. I, I, you know, I now look for those errors. I make plenty of them. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think, you know what, that is our YouTube channel has sort of become that. Yeah. Uh, where it was through making those videos where we learned how to edit and we learned how to film and we learned about sound and we learned about all these things. And at the beginning, man, it was a, it was a battle to, to put something out because that's the other thing is you're putting yourself out there to be judged. Yeah, man. And once you, once is, you go public, once you go yeah. public, 
you have one, and I include myself in this one. When I say you, I'm talking to us all who go public. You got to be prepared for someone to go. I can't stand that guy's squeaky voice. He's such 100%. a dickhead. fine. Yeah, <laughs> do it. <laughs> yeah, and so, that, and I think that's a massive hurdle that stops a lot of people is is wanting it to be perfect. Mm. And like you've just said, you have to do A to Z before it gets a little bit better. Yeah, and yeah. you cannot do that unless you, you do it and you realize, flip, I was too far from the camera or flip, that sound sucks. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it really yeah. doesn't matter. Those people who stuck with you along the way will still be there at the end. And if they're and also not, those people matter. are looking, um, obviously as Sherry and I have, they, they watch that journey. They're not, we're not, yeah. we're not, signing up to look at one video of how to get to Bali. We're looking at that (laughs) whole, you know, a couple who very much love each other, what their journey is, how they've moved. That's what we're looking. So we're looking for the errors and the improvements. We're buying into the progress. Like a novel, a novel wants to see how the character changes. I don't want to see the character slayed Dr. O straight away. I want to know that he's a and then he got (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was a very short <laughs> novel. The end. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Very so true. you know, this is where we're at. It's this. It's this beautiful journey. Um, we are very fortunate. Like, not a lot of people have the the opportunity to just leave their jobs. Um, we were very fortunate in the sense that Monia does online teaching now. Although I would um, like to I, interrupt again. I'm sorry because I interrupt yes. all people who say that, I think you have created your own fortune, just to put that back in your corner. Yeah, I wanted to say and interrupt as well. Yeah, yes. I'm yeah. sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. Carry on, though. But I, Because I, I do think that's important for people to recognize. We created but, it. We created it. Absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. But there's, there's a part of me that doesn't want to become, um, you know, I can just imagine that this people out there that watch our YouTube channel or listen to us speak and think, oh, you know, their parents, somebody died in the family and gave them money or they, they only do it because of this or they only do it because of uh, that. Yeah. And in actual fact, like nothing, nothing gave us this opportunity besides what you just said, uh, the, taking the risk, you know, and if it wasn't for the years and years of saving that I did, I wouldn't be able to be here right now because the money that Monia has been making wouldn't have been enough for us to travel the world and do everything for two people. Um, And so everything that has been has made this possible. And it was money that I was saving up to buy a house one day that I decided to say, and it was quite plain and simple. I just said, look, if I don't take a risk now, because I was almost 30. What maybe? You may be, we don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, uh, I just said, if I don't take the risk now, I'm never going to be able to do it again because now is the time in my life when you, I don't have many responsibilities. Now I've got two puppies, but I don't have responsibilities. I don't, I don't have anything, anyone that depends on me. And so it was kind of like, if not now, then when? When? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. If not simple. now, then when? The old Tracy Chapman, the old Tracy Chapman line, isn't it? If not now, then when? <laughs> yeah. No, and no, was, I agree with you. 
It's amazing. I, just interesting. I mean, I realize I've taken a ton of your time, so I'm just going to ask you a couple more things. But just to go on, I, I, yeah. I go through um, a lot of comments. I'm just interested on how people, especially on kind of the digital creators and the influencers, how they're they're perceived. And a ton of the comments of people going, we love your journey. The one of the things we like is that you're not showy. So I've noticed that a, quite a few times, and that's nice. So obviously, you know, the the authenticity, which which I feel coming through here, is coming through to your to your fan base. That's good. That's good. Nice. That's, well, that to be honest with you, that kind of just naturally comes out. If you're an Instagram couple, uh, or for example, Matt, if you just didn't do a podcast like this, and you maybe just posted a photo once a week to a website, you can be anything for as long as you want. But when you're vlogging and you're taking videos and you're in a situation that you're not entirely comfortable and perhaps you're not feeling so great on that day. It's yeah. very hard. Yeah, and yeah. so the sooner you come to terms with this is who I am and like you either follow or you don't, it just be, it was like a weight. Like I can shoulders. give you, I can give you a very short example because actually I really want to. And if there are guys listening to this, because when we left Dubai, I started really having a lot of problems with, because of traveling and going off the birth control piece and whatever, I started really having really bad face acne, like okay. really bad, right. which made me extremely uncomfortable, especially- Was it stress-related, would you say? Um, no, it was, I went off the pill. Okay. First, hormonal, and secondly, when you are, for some guess, it's my, for sh surely it's my case, when you travel and change uh, water and climate. Uh, okay, so yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. It's my effect as well. So now, you know, we are putting uh, ourselves out there and my face is really nothing appealing. Let's be very honest. Like, it's not something you want to see. So when it started in Brazil... Like I was extremely uncomfortable and I, I, I had a big, big struggle. Mm. But after a month, after some months, I was like, you know, I'm struggling only because I'm, I'm obsessed about what I see on Instagram and everything is yeah. so perfect because everything is so fake. It doesn't actually exist. Yeah. So if I have this struggle and I'm, I'm working in a social media right now, how much other human beings out there struggling yes. when they think I'm perfect when I'm not perfect like I have all those imperfections yeah so it took me a bit but I overcame this and I started actually showing my problem and I started showing my face and the outcome from this it was unbelievable how many guests came back to me saying oh my god we thought you're just always looking so perfect on photos I'm like Guys, it's not true, but yeah. Instagram is a fairy tale. Yeah. Like mm. people are sending a dream. Like we all yeah. have stretch marks and people every now and then. And we all have some, we have blow, bloaty uh, belly, you know, when you eat something you shouldn't eat and whatsoever. So yeah. we kind of realize, and I especially realize that I don't want to be this person who is harming other people out there. Mm. So, okay. We still put a nice photo, doesn't mean that we are correcting our faces or whatsoever. We're going to put the nice photo, but when the story comes, we are speaking the truth, you know. We are showing our faces on the story. We are speaking about our problems, about our hurdles, about whatever it is. Yeah. We are yeah. not saying that every single person we visit was 
the most beautiful. I'm tired of this, that people are traveling for yeah. 20 years and everywhere they go, it's the most beautiful. Nice so if the That's a good place, point. place is the most beautiful, Where's the place where it's maybe less beautiful? Come on, that's a really it's a really good message, Monia. That is an absolutely super it gave me goosebumps a little bit actually, because I do speak to a lot of people who are trying to live to ideals. Not I'm not suggesting your ideals, but ideals, you know. A lot of my demographic have kind of children, and some of those are kind of young women and stuff. And so anyway, I hear about mental health and all sorts of stuff a lot, a lot. And that is a very, very, very important message. And I also agree with you as well. Uh, as much as it's good to be honest and expose our frailties, right? I do also think we shouldn't be ashamed of the beauty in our lines because the art that you guys are doing is beautiful. You're, you're a very, very annoyingly attractive couple. I'm just saying, you, you know what I mean? So, but, but that also is important to be celebrated. I would like to say to everyone because nothing should be condemned. Beautiful art is beautiful art. Authenticity is beautiful as well. So it's it's the black and the white, the up and the down, the in and the out. And I think embracing both, because it, it would also be equally inauthentic just to go, look, I'm just the guy with a bent nose and sticky out ears and a big ass. It, it, with, with the whole thing, the beauty can be celebrated as well, don't you reckon? I think I really do believe in that. Absolutely. And I think, I think from a business sense, if you are going to use Instagram from a business sense, you have to be quite mindful of the people who are using Instagram. And so beauty sells, right? If you're selling a house or a car, you want to dolly that up a little bit before you post it on social media. So if you want to promote your business through an Instagram post, you have to pick the best photo and make it look really great so that they can click on it and then come and see your authenticity. Yeah, yeah. So there is a channel or a filtering process to this. Fortunately, we don't have the skill to do Photoshop and all of that, but I can tell you right now that 95% of the things you see online, and this is on blogs and this is on Instagram and this is on Facebook, it's fake. It is 100% fake. Like you can, you can put any, you can put yourself anywhere. Like this is the crazy thing. If you sitting on the floor on a blanket, you can make that blanket go anywhere in the whole world. I call it the magic carpet. Mm -hmm. And because this is what's crazy is people don't realize that. Yeah. And we, this is where we got stuck in the beginning is we saw these photos of people with like, uh, I'll use a crazy example, like a rainbow, a waterfall, dolphins jumping out of the water, birds <laughs> flying over their head and them standing. Hummingbirds, and like, hummingbirds around their head. <laughs> yeah. And like, I had no idea. And I was like, how on earth do they time <laughs> yeah. this so perfectly? And so we spent like, no jokes. Yeah. Ages just sitting there waiting to get this scene. I've been there four weeks and it hasn't come yet. And then, and then you get the bird. <laughs> And then you're looking the wrong way or something, you know? <laughs> so like, and it's just we spent like a is, month. Yeah, we spent a month trying to get these photos. When we had to go through quarantine before we got to Bali. In Jakarta, we were in quarantine for five days in the hotel in Jakarta before we got here. So there was like this huge, from, from the ceiling till the floor, it was a window, clean window. And obviously it's five days quarantine. What the hell are you going to do in five days? There's as much work as you can do. And then what? Yeah, that was so it was like, I'm going to learn 
a little bit of how actually people are doing it. And we put the a blanket on the on the floor and we had this nothingness behind us okay yeah. and wait put us but everywhere we were in one day in hawaii new york <laughs> singapore we've been around the world not a single visa needed i was like man if i had known this back then i wouldn't have traveled <laughs> Save I money. Have gone to peru i would have saved my money Exactly. <laughs> so now, listen, know. guys, I'm going to ask you one more thing to conclude. I've, I have to say I've enjoyed every I'm always interested in. Um, I never know how interviews will go. Right. It's always fascinating. It's one of the things I absolutely love about speaking to kind of those that I call British millionaires, because you just don't know. It's like meeting brand new people. And although um, Sherry would had had uh, a small history with you, Wade, I didn't. So it's I've, I've loved every second. So let me just ask you something that I ask all my guests to finish. And it's impossible. It's a ridiculous question. I need to take it off my list, but I'm not going to. And I'm going to ask <laughs> you for the listeners so that when they leave, right, one nugget that they that chews around in their head for the rest of the day of if you could condense one thing they could do immediately that gets them toward living the life that they love like you two do it it doesn't necessarily have you going to bali but living the life that they love what one thing they could do immediately who's first can i first yes you Go on, then. First. for me i would say Quiet yourself and try to listen to your heart. Like it. And you know what? I actually wanted to say this earlier, go all the way back. So sorry, I know this is the end, but I'm going to go back to the beginning when you and Monia were talking about intuition. Yeah. And I would like to add one thing on. because it's all very well hearing your intuition, but it is a whole nother beast acting upon it because you may hear that or feel, I like to feel more than here because I believe your intuition comes from your guts, right? And so you may have a genuine feeling that you need to escape or that you need to ride a horse or that you need to paint a painting or whatever it might be. But acting upon it is a whole nother thing. And so you have to, first of all, know how to listen. And second of all, know how to trust that feeling. And that is a practice in itself. And so you don't want to promote to people to just go out and quit their jobs. And you're not bold Absolutely and brave not. if you just do something like that. But you are if you can pull it off or, or when you pull it off. And so you have to have the bravery and, and the, the awareness of listening. You know? So, yeah, to listen to your intuition is great. You got to also do something. What if your intuition is telling you eat an ice cream? <laughs> well, uh, then yeah, I, guess never, I tell you this: never, listeners, never, never argue with intuition that tells you to eat ice cream. That's a that's a divine message. What do you was? Is there anyone alive is going to say? Listen, you see, absolutely fantastic for you guys listening. Um, I hope you found that inspirational. I loved every moment. You know what I'm going to say because I say it every time. Take a moment to share this podcast with those that you love, not because you're building my platform. I don't need it, Bill. I'm too old. There's no building my platform, right? But <laughs> share it with someone that you love because you know maybe they're struggling, maybe they're not, not living the life they want to live. So share it with them. Give them the wisdom of these two fantastic people. And as ever, 
You take care of yourselves, those you love, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Buddhist Millionaire Podcast. Lots of love. Bye.